Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. As the name says, we are business creators. We are entrepreneurs, small business owners, local business owners. We're marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We are the folks who help others create and grow their businesses, and we're the do-it-yourselfers who like to have our own hands on the levers as we market and grow. If you are one or more of the above, and in fact, many of our listeners who tune in every week are all of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, check us out on iTunes. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. Be sure to subscribe in your iTunes for fresh content every single week, including access to nearly 200 episodes since the beginning of the Business Creators Radio Show on a variety of topics relevant to business creators just like you. So, again, thank you very much for tuning in today. We're going to have some fun, and what we're going to talk about is the importance and why you need to start collecting pebbles now or get buried alive from mental defeat. Let me say that again. Start collecting pebbles now or get buried alive from mental defeat. And you're thinking, what the heck do you mean start collecting pebbles? Well, the good news is, is we have somebody who's going to show us how that works. It's a gentleman I've been looking forward to having on the Business Creators Radio Show for some time. His name is Rich Perry. Rich is a best-selling author, conscious entrepreneur, and influencer. He is the co-author of the international number one best-selling book, Bankroll Your Mind, and was invited by Jim Britt and Jim Lutz to be a co-author in The Change, the fastest-growing personal development book series in the world. His gift is in his ability to relate to each person and take the client on a hero's journey by integrating both conscious and unconscious performance to create a lasting and powerful change. Rich works with business leaders who want to make a difference in the world. Rich, welcome aboard. Hey, Adam. How are you doing today? You bet. So, uh, doing great. Uh, even better that you're here. So, what I want to do here is before we dive into um, some of our questions we need to cover is I'd like you to, just for our listeners who are just now getting to know you, tell us a little bit more about your personal story. I mean, we read off your biography. It's very uh, influential. It's very persuasive. It's very powerful. But tell us a little bit more about the steps you've taken that have brought you to where you are today at the intersection of your brilliance and passion serving business creators. Awesome. And I'm happy to do so. Um, I... You know, years ago in college, I majored in psychology. I always wanted to help people. I was a Boy Scout growing up, always doing good things for other people. I, I really wanted to just live a life of purpose and help people. I figured, oh, well, being uh, go, majoring in psychology will help me do that. Um, I ended up becoming like a children's therapist. I was working with kids in mental and behavioral health. Uh and I did that for about seven years, and it was really exciting. I loved working with the kids. I felt fulfilled. I knew that I was doing a good thing. But 
over time, I realized that I wasn't where I needed to be. You know, I was in the ballpark, but I wasn't where I needed to be. And then around that time, I ended up hitting a low spot, and I started reaching out to friends, like, what should I do? Um, A friend of mine actually encouraged me to go forward with some training and kind of find a new course in life, and then I figured out, hey, maybe I can utilize my talents, utilize my skills, and be a coach. And I started my coaching practice about four years ago. I've since uh, co-authored a few books and done a bunch of speaking engagements, and now this is where I need to be, uh, helping others through coaching and training, and 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 that's me. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, I know a lot of our listeners have gone through the same journey, and as we dive into this uh, topic of collecting pebbles and not getting buried alive from mental defeat, uh, you know, you uh, told me in the green room that you've recently moved from tex- to Texas from Pennsylvania, and it's one of the things we have in common because four years ago, I moved from Pittsburgh to Las Vegas, uh, and I saw a statistic the other day. It says, and this from 2014. And it said that researchers from Harvard University and the University of British Columbia named your home region, which I believe you said you're from northeastern Pennsylvania, as the unhappiest region in America. So I have to think that one drives the other here. So with that in mind, uh, what brought you from Pennsylvania to Texas? Better business opportunities. Um, when I was when I was starting out, I I really wanted to do good in my home community. I, that was the area that I grew up in. That was the area that I lived for almost all of my life. And I had this idea that I was going to be that person that started doing these empowerment seminars and just really made a difference in the community. And I'm and I did do some good things, and there's a lot of really great people that are still doing good things there. But being from a small town, being from an area that is known as the unhappiest region in America, and it's not a title taken lightly. I mean, this was a research done by, like you said, Harvard University and the University of British Columbia. There's a lot of work that needs to go into an area like that. And it wasn't something that I was beating my head against the wall all the time, doing seminars, and only a few people would show up. And I realized, hey, I need to do what's right for me. Um, Moving was my best option. And, you know, my business partner is, he's in Texas. And we knew that it would be a great opportunity for us to really explode our brand if we were in the same area. So, I needed to move for myself. I also needed to move for the business. Yeah. Uh, you know, I kind of felt the same way. Not that there's anything wrong with where I came from, but it just wasn't quite uh, It just wasn't quite where I felt myself needing to be. And I can relate in a way to being in a sense where – how did I used to describe this? It felt like whenever I traveled to places like Las Vegas or Los Angeles or San Diego or Phoenix, it felt like I was going home. And then when I returned back to the place I lived, it felt like I was going out of town. 
I'm recalling, uh, I was in, I believe, Los Angeles. Uh, this was several years ago, and it was, I believe, February or March. And there was talk in the news of there being a lot of major blizzards, and I might get stuck in Los Angeles for an additional three days. I was praying for the blizzard. I was like, please, please, trap me here. It's okay. <laughs> so what I think is very important for our listeners is, and this is what I say to people all the time, so I just want to get this out before we get into the fine information that Rich has for us today. If you are in a place geographically that you do not feel matches, whether it's your temperament, uh, your personality, uh, your vision of what you want your daily life to be like, if you're not in a place that feels like it has more of what you want and less of what you don't want, uh, this is a very large country here in the United States, and we live in a very large world. Go somewhere else. There are so many opportunities and so many places you can be that may very well better match what it is you're looking for. And I hear all the time people say, well, I can't do that. I got roots here. I got a job. I got a family. I got this. I got the other thing. And the most common one I hear is, well, you know, it would take me three years to get everything together. And my response is, cool, start today. So you know that starting today is going to take you three years because if you wait till tomorrow, now we're talking about three years in one day and so on and so forth. Uh, chances are you're going to be around for at least three years. So get started. So, uh, Rich, when you started your coaching business, you told me a little bit about some of the frustrations you experienced trying to do seminars and get a few people in the room. Uh, did anybody support you? Did you receive any support when you first started with that? Yeah, I did. I mean, of course I had support. You know, a couple friends showed up to hear me talk or, you know, they – but it wasn't – it, it certainly wasn't allowing me to grow my business. You know, having a few people attend your seminar just because they wanted to make you feel good, that's not an area to build a business. It's not support right. like you would expect, you know. And right. um, and even kind of going on what you said a moment ago, it's it's all about building relationships. Like where can you build a relationship? And if there's not, if it's not serving you, whether it's, uh, the job you're in, the geographic location, like you said, a love relationship, you just kind of have to have that realization like, hey, do I need to be doing the same thing that I've done over and over again and keep getting what I've always gotten, or do I need to find it in myself to make that change? And I wasn't receiving the support that I needed for myself to grow as a person, to grow as a professional, to grow my business, and that's okay. I'm not, it's not a matter of pointing fingers. It's not a matter of saying, well, I'm right and they're wrong. It's just a matter of saying, hey, what we did in the past is what we did in the past. I'm a different person now. No one's better. No one's worse. But I need to fulfill my purpose in life. And being in a different mental space required me to also be in a different physical space. And my my relocation was on the other side of the country, kind of like yours was, and that was what it was, that was what was needed for me. You know, uh, just what you've told me brings up a couple things. I get a kick out of it when people tell me that I need to do this or need to do that. 
Do you know how easy it is to shut down that argument? All you have to do is say, really? I need to? Really? And just keep asking that question over and over again. And uh, they will typically run out of answers pretty quick. I mean, the last I heard, the only thing the humans actually need to do is eventually die and, of course, pay taxes if owed. And most of us end up owing taxes even after we die. Outside of that, you don't actually need to do a damn thing as far as I'm concerned. Whenever I hear somebody mm -hmm. say, that's the way we've always done it, I first thing that goes through my mind, because I've noticed that the people of the that's the way we've always done it genre tend to be the folks who uh, tend to be the – they don't have the sense of innovation we're looking for or the sense of looking forward. I mean, it's, it's, there's a different phraseology around saying that's the way we've always done it. If you say something like we've tested this and we found this to be the most effective way, that to me is something I can buy. But the way we've always done it, all that tells me is you somehow managed to survive despite the fact you've been doing it that way. That's all you've shown me by saying that's the way we've always done it. Then the third thing is uh, these three words, and I give full credit to Ross Jeffries, founder of Persuasion Mastery Systems, for these three words, up until now. Up until now, it has been the case that my business has really struggled and I have not taken the steps necessary to grow my business. I now claim my choice to engage in the behaviors and do the things necessary to experience the business and life I desire and deserve. So by saying up until now, you're drawing a line under it. You're not passing judgment on it. You're acknowledging it. You're owning it. You're saying that's what it was. But I'm making a decision right now, here, today, drawing a line under it that now we're going to do things differently. Now we're going to move forward in a new direction. So those three things kind of jumped up just out of those few things you shared about some of the support you received when you started your coaching business. So tell us a little bit more about how you overcame some of these struggles. Just, oh, man, just it's that mental toughness, that mental fortitude of just knowing this is my purpose in life. This is what I'm meant to do. And it doesn't matter what the naysayers say or the advice. And I'm doing bunny ears, a little quote mark. <laughs> um, yeah. No one can see that, but I did it. The advice that people give you of, well, you should do this. Well, you should do that. Well, in my experience, you know, everyone wants to give advice. Everyone wants to tell you what you should do or what you shouldn't do or don't bother doing that. I've already tried it. It's not going to work. If you know in your heart of hearts, you know that this is your calling, this is your purpose, this is your passion, whatever it is, where, you know, in any area of life, you need to do it. And I knew that I needed to do it. And there was a lot of people that tried to, give me advice not to do this or, you know, just have your nine to five or just do it this way. Um, you're, it's a fool's idea to try and write a book. It's a fool's idea to try and start a coaching business in this area. But I knew that I needed to do it. And it's all about developing that mindset of a champion. You know, when you fall down, you pick yourself back up and you keep driving forward because you know it's what is meant to do. Um, I love right. the Olympic stories, you know, the people that overcome, overcame those great obstacles. It's that hero's journey. It's 
doing what you know is necessary no matter what anybody says, and you keep doing it every single day, every single day, every single day, just doing the work, doing the work, staying the course until you get to where you want it to go. And that was what I just kept telling myself, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. Um, and that's how I did it. <laughs> I bet you ended up saying no to a lot of things along the way. I will be totally honest with you, and it's not like I'm sharing a big secret. I've said a no to a lot of things. I've unfortunately lost a lot of friendships. I've unfortunately missed out on a lot of vacations, as I'm sure every entrepreneur who's listening yeah. to your radio show can relate oh, yeah. to. Missing weddings of friends and family members, missing out on family vacations, missing out on you know, yearly gatherings and annual picnics and um, friends are going to the beach this weekend. Sorry, guys, can't go. Got things to do, you know? Um, yeah. And, I mean, that's kind of like the defining moment when you realize, no, I have to keep going and it doesn't matter and people are going to be upset with you. They're going to be mad at you. Uh, they're going to be disappointed that you're missing this occasion or you're missing this wedding or family gathering and you just have to keep doing what you know to fulfill your purpose to make that difference in the world that's just me <laughs> i'm crazy you know, there's, what are you do? <laughs> there's, a, there's a there's a saying around that and we're and we're going to talk about entrepreneurial craziness right now uh so there's a <laughs> saying that uh those of us who become business creators will spend a few years doing things that other people won't do so that we can spend the rest of our lives doing things that other people can't do. Mm -hmm. And I've, tend, I've tended to believe that because just in the trajectory of myself being a business owner, uh, with me it's a lot of the little things is what I, is what I found. Uh, so people will notice that sometimes I'm working these quote-unquote weird hours and they'll tell me that I need to, and again, I'm going to use the bunny rabbit quote just like you did, Get a life, or maybe I should just get a nine-to-five job and start being human. See, here are the little things that people miss. If I wake up in the morning and I have no urgent deadlines and everything's fine in the business and it feels like the wheels of commerce can turn for a few hours without me, I don't have to get started with my day. I can take a walk, uh, hang out with my cats, go swim in a pool, sleep in. I can do these things. Uh, just because the alarm rings and says it's 5 o'clock a.m. doesn't mean I need to leap out of bed and uh, go sit in traffic for two hours only to be yelled at for being one, hour, for be, for being one minute late again. Um, I don't have to deal with that. If uh, right now, sitting here on the Business Creators Radio Show, my tooth broke in half and I found myself in excruciating pain, I would uh, first uh, do something to find a way to finish this interview because I, you know, I owe it to our listeners to finish the interview. And then I would immediately call the nearest dentist and get my ass in a chair this afternoon getting it fixed. Uh, a lot of other people, if a tooth breaks in half and they find themselves in excruciating pain because of the way the tooth broke, they have to request a sick day or they have to find a way to schedule it at lunchtime. And then they have to listen to a boss say, you know, is it really fair that you get to take time off work to deal with your dental issues while everybody else has to keep working on the project? You freaking kidding me? A tooth broken half. So there's that little thing right there. That's another little piece of freedom. 
And going along with that, uh, you know, Rich, you put on seminars, and I imagine you've attended a lot of seminars. And you know how it is as an entrepreneur. If I um, attend a seminar in another city, uh, I can go there three days early if I want to. I can stay three days later if I want to. I can arrange to see friends while I'm there if I want to. I can explore if I want to. If I want to uh, go to the event but basically blow it off and hang out in the lobby and uh, network and get clients instead of attending the sessions, I can do that too. Um, if you uh, are in a situation where somebody else is controlling your life, uh, you may have the opportunity to go to a three-day seminar. So here's what happens. Uh, seminar runs uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you leave Thursday, and then you're told that on Sunday night, you have to take the red eye in and be back at your desk and answering your phone on the second ring by 8 o'clock Monday morning because it wouldn't be fair to the rest of the people that you took all these days off when you were already off Friday. Mm -hmm. In there done that. And the fact that my life does not involve those little things, and I don't have to put up with that crap, means that the occasional missed social events is not a big deal. And the idea of uh, putting, in, you know, putting in the time and doing the grind when I should be, quote unquote, enjoying life, maybe I enjoy the grind. Maybe I like what I'm doing. Maybe I'm so passionate about it, I can't stop thinking about it. Wow. Interesting thoughts. So let's talk about building mountains here. Um, you frequently talk about the ability to transform pebbles into mountains. And this goes back to the title of what we're going to talk about today, Start Collecting Pebbles Now or Get Buried Alive from Mental Defeat. Well, we've talked about mental defeat for about the past 20 minutes, so I think we get the point now. So let's talk about transforming pebbles into mountains. What does this mean and what's it all about? Sure, it's it's the ability to... Use the power of your mind to turn small daily victories into monumental success, you know. And I'm sure you know this. How many people expect success to be just given to them or they think that every day is going to be a gold medal day and then they beat themselves up when it doesn't happen like they imagined it. So what we talk about with transform pebbles into mountains is it's taking those small daily victories, the small victories, the small wins that we can all accumulate every single day, and you start collecting them. So what I did, and I did this one time with a client, and it worked so well, and he loved it. I was like, wow, I might be onto something. So I ended up starting to refine it, and I came up with the whole idea, transform pebbles into mountains. So essentially what you're doing is you're using the power of your mind, when you collect that first victory, you see it as a small pebble. And you put it in your special place. And then you collect a second pebble. And then a third pebble. And then a fourth and a fifth. And then you have a little mound of daily victories and successes. And then you've got your hill. You're building these up. You're building them up higher and higher, higher and higher, until you've created your mountain of success. You're taking a small thing, insignificant at the time, and just collecting it, building it up until you create that mountain of success that you truly want. So it's just using the power of your mind to create your success. Wow. So this is like that overnight success that takes 10 years to create. And I love that you said that. I mean, I'm sure you've said it before, but I remember when you – 
uh, made a Facebook post about it. You said something of, you said, what did you say? You said, uh, I'm, I'm focusing my attention and energy and doing what I need to do to create my overnight success. And I loved yeah. that you said it. And it made me laugh out loud because everyone thinks it's, it's overnight. And every day you just got to do the work. And eventually you'll create your overnight success. If it's, you know, um, you and I know the truth, but everyone else is going to say, hey, that guy came out of nowhere. He's a he's an amazing superstar, you know? Yeah. Well, see, here's here, – here's, you know, you, and you, and you, I think you've heard the statement of you, when you're looking at other people's success, you're looking at their highlight reel. You don't see what got mm-hmm. left on their cutting room floor. Meanwhile, you see what you left on your cutting room floor to create your highlight reel. So – to you, it always looks like, oh, well, look at me. I'm struggling. I'm not big like that person. And meanwhile, there's somebody out there who may be saying, like, uh, wow, look at that Rich Perry. If only I could be as awesome and successful as him. Absolutely. And and similar you, to that, I'm sure you've seen and your your loyal listeners have seen that the meme of the iceberg, you know, where it's the the iceberg is yep. the tip of success, but all underneath the water, all you see is struggle, obstacle, struggle, hardship, difficulty, uh, tribulation, uh, downfall, pitfall, you know, and you see all these things. No one, no one takes time to really hear your story. No one takes time to see what you've had to overcome. They just see you standing there in the spotlight and think that it's all fine and dandy and that's, you know, you just had to make a few, uh, clicks of the button or a shift of the mouse pad or whatever, and all of a sudden you became an instant success. And it doesn't work that way, you know? No, it doesn't. You don't take the time to... <laughs> no. Uh, so where I was going with that is we can take the same analogy, I believe, and apply it to the idea of the pebbles. When you're looking at other mm-hmm. people's mountains, you're seeing their mountain. You're not seeing all the individual little pebbles that form the foundation of that mountain. You weren't there to watch the way that mountain continue to grow and turn the pebbles into part of the larger mass. You're just seeing the mountain. You didn't see the many, many steps. Another analogy that I've seen out there is uh, a lot of people will see the tree, because you've heard the one about the forest and the trees. They'll see the tree, Mm -hmm. but what they didn't see was the sapling. They weren't the ones that went out Mm -hmm. and watered it every day. They weren't the ones that made sure that it was uh, planted in an optimal place. They weren't the ones that uh, when the sapling was young, made sure it was protected from animals that would come along and eat the sapling. So they didn't see all that. And, you know, a tree, I mean, I can tell you an analogy of a tree. Uh, When I was about six or seven years old, no, actually a little bit older than that. I think I was about, uh, I'm going to say about 11. Uh, My dad and I planted a little maple tree sapling in the front yard. So that was about 30 years ago, and if you go by the property now, and I I could pull it up on Google Maps and point to the tree because it's right by the road, you see this is a big, strong, sturdy, 30-year-old maple tree. But I remember all those years of having to run the lawnmower around it to make sure I didn't run it over. I remember all the years of, uh, you know, seeing it be only about as tall as me with tiny little leaves and and uh, But you know what I didn't really notice, because maybe I just wasn't paying attention, because we just tend not to pay attention to these things? The transition from the 
little tree that was a little bit taller than me to the big, strong, sturdy maple tree. That's the part I didn't mm-hmm. see. I just looked out one day and, wow, there's a tree here. And you got birds living in it and every other thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, we talk about it in our book. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, you know, we, <laughs> and we, we talk about it in our book, how many, how many of these people on, online are doing these webinars of um, it's so simple to have a six and seven and eight figure business. You just got to do this and apply for my, and, and I think that a lot of, especially newcomers, they, I mean, I've only been, you know, an entrepreneur for uh, like four years, but I mean, you get these people that think, oh, well, it's super easy. And all I got to do is follow these steps and success is just going to fly from out of the sky and millions of dollars are going to hit me and I'm going to get awards and I'm going to become a best-selling author and I'm going to do this and I'm going to travel the world because they made it sound so simple. And it's just like you said, you're only seeing the tip of the iceberg and just don't believe the hype. You you still have to put in the work. You have to do it every single day. If, if it's something that you want, absolutely, you want it unconditionally, you have to do the work. It's it's what's required. Yeah, that's very that's very true. Uh, now, do you have a specific process you can teach our listeners so they can utilize this strategy in their daily life? Absolutely. So I call it the RAP method, R-A-P, RAP method. And what we do we is we are saying, right. that's right, funky beats and rhymes all day long. Hell yeah, <laughs> so Grandmaster the, Flash. <laughs> Look at me dating myself. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so the first letter is R, is recognize. You have to recognize your victory. And it all comes from just being observant and just as you, Adam, had to observe the small sapling, the listener, the person, has to observe their victory. They have to recognize it. They have to acknowledge it. Okay? It happened. The second letter is A, for acquire. This is where you take ownership of it. You give yourself credit for a job well done. It doesn't matter if it's small. You know, of course we all want those big victories, but we're collecting daily victories. So some of them are going to be small. And you celebrate those victories just as you would those big gold medal days. All right? And yeah. then you have to pile then you have to pile it up. That's the P. So like we said, like we said before, you're taking that one victory, that one small daily win and you're putting it in your hand or you're putting it on a special plate or wherever is most meaningful to you. Then you collect your second win, your second victory, and then your third. Then you've got five and ten. Builds into that small mound, like I said. Then it's that hill. Then it's that mountain of success. But it all it all starts with you recognizing it. You know, when we were little kids, we got that trophy um, from T-ball or Little League or whatever. We got the A on our report card or we did that outstanding art project that we were so proud of. And what happened? Our parents put it on the mantle or they hung it up on the refrigerator or pinned it up on the wall for the world to see. They were giving you credit. But now as adults, we have to be the ones that do it for ourselves. No one's going to hang our wall on the mantle if we don't. No one's going to hang our our A report card or our uh, 
fantastic art project on the refrigerator. We are the ones that have to do it. We have to give ourselves credit. And it starts with, like I said, recognizing it, acquiring it, taking ownership of it, and then you do it every single day, piling them up higher and higher. So that's that's the method that I teach my clients. That's what we talk about with transforming pebbles into mountains. It's super, super easy. Anybody can do it. You just have to do it. <laughs> um, and I hope that helps your listeners. Yeah, I, I, think it, I think it helps a lot of people, and especially – helped me and that's one of the lessons that I learned relatively early on is and you see folks going for the uh you know like that one webinar it's going to turn everything around um I've seen cases where uh you know we've worked with people who uh based on somebody telling them oh this will work like a charm and we made a hundred thousand dollars doing it I would have loved to have seen those people's balance sheets, number one, because I, I, I didn't believe it going in. Uh, and so they implemented the strategy, and they made about $17,000 on it. So what did they do? What do you think they did, Rich? I'm going to go with they gave up. Yep, declared it, a, declared it an abysmal failure and a total waste of time. Uh, fact is, no. Uh, I mean, it was it was a step in the right direction because you – had $17,000 worth of positive learning towards the goal you were hoping to get. Uh, I mean, me, if I were looking to raise $60,000 in my business and I did one thing and I got a quarter of the way there, I'd be saying, all right, I only got to do this three more times. That's what I'd be mm-hmm. saying. Maybe twice because I'll optimize it better next time around or I'll, or I'll do something else to uh, get even more benefit from the work I'm already doing. Uh, that's what we have to bear in mind. We see these people and they say, how I made $350,000 on one webinar. You know how many webinars they did that made absolutely no money before they hit on the one and made $350,000? You want me to give you that four-digit number of number of webinars well, they did that made no money before they found the one? not good marketing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love, uh, exactly. I love the example of, uh, of Jeff Walker, who's the creator of product launch formula by which just about every marketer swears and uh, it matches their own launch strategy to one degree or another, whether they even realize it or not. And I mean, this is the guy who created the idea for modern usage of the million dollar launch and built an entire system with a detailed training on how to do it step by step. Uh, You know how big Jeff Walker's first launch was? You know how big his audience was? Probably pretty small. 18 people. One of them, wow. and, and of those 18 people, one was his wife and one was his other email address. Oh, really? And I don't remember the exact number, but I think he made a couple hundred bucks off of it. And that man went through uh-huh. years, years of product launches before he finally arrived at the one that put him into seven digits. So even in mm-hmm. the case of the formula that is designed to accelerate your results, creating new products, services, and solutions, there was a big under-the-water story, under-the-current story behind that overnight success. A lot of pebbles, uh, you know, based on starting with a list of 18 email addresses and only 15 of them aren't your immediate family. That's something. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and so I, that's the thing that people aren't going to pay attention to. Or yeah. they they don't think to ask, you 
you know, what's the origin story of that person? How did they get there? Um, they just say, oh, well, I tried it once. It didn't work. On to the next new shiny object or next yeah. shiny webinar promising this or shiny program promising that. And I tried it once, and I tried that one once, and I tried that one once. Well, nothing seems to work. Well, because you didn't pick one thing and stick to it every single day. Right. Right. You got, yeah, you got to have what Grandma Homie used to call stick-to-itiveness. And her own children did not know that stick was a real word until I pointed it out to them. There you go. That's what my dad and his brothers and his sister heard all day, every day. You must have stick to and, and And in entrepreneurship, we translate that to the one thing. Uh, but, again, it's, it's very true. Uh, you, when you uh, find a strategy that has been proven by many others to work, when you follow uh, best practices, that's not going to work for you the first time in pretty much any case. You'll get lucky if you get any significant results the very first time. I'm just going to be very real because you need to make it part of who you are and what you do. You need to form the action habits. You need to get the practice. You need to adapt that to your own business, your own market, your own niche, and your own way of doing things. That takes time. That takes more than one round. And if you, uh, let's say you do a product launch and it flops, what do you do next? Oh, was that a question? I'm sorry. I thought you were still going. That's a question. Oh, it's like, oh, the audience gets silent. He's asking, actually asking a question. Uh You do a launch and flop. What do you do next? Figure out a way to do it better. You got you have to calibrate. Right. What did I do? What did I do well? Okay, do it again. What did I do that needs improvement? Or hey, maybe this part sucked. Okay, figure out a way to do it even better, and then do it again, and do it again until you've refined it, until you've mastered it, and made it your own, and you've figured out that blueprint, that that map that you need to follow to get the results that you want. Right. Here's, here's another one that I hear sometimes. Uh, let's say whether it's uh, you know, doing product launches, doing webinars, uh, owning a podcast, writing books. We can find any marketing or business development activity that a business creator would do. And that strategy in and of itself is not going to be enough to carry your business. So what I see people do all too often is say, well, you know, that's not really a sustainable business, or I can't really fund my business off that alone, so I'm not going to do it. Meanwhile, they're throwing away a very valuable component of their business. Right. Just because it's, uh, it's, it's not the one thing that will solve all of your challenges and reach all your solutions doesn't mean it's not part of the success of your business overall. And I hate mm-hmm. when people throw away the pebbles because they're chasing the big rocks. I mean, I, you know, mm-hmm. as soon as I heard start collecting pebbles now or get buried alive from mental defeat, I was thinking of the big rocks experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For our, you know, for our listeners, in case you don't know what that is, uh, the big rocks experiment is when you first uh, fill a container with a bunch of big rocks. Then you fill right. it with uh, smaller stones. Then you put in pebbles. Then you put in sand, and then usually somebody comes along and dumps in uh, dumps in a beer because there's always room for beer. 
But the point being exactly. is that uh, the pebbles, the sand, the stones, and the rocks all play their role in forming the mountain uh, when we're transforming pebbles into mountains. So uh, is this something you also cover in your newer book, uh, Bankroll Your Mind? Yes. So I wrote about it the first time in the book, The Change, and that was my chapter in The Change. My chapter was Transform Pebbles into Mountains, and people loved it. And when we were writing Bankroll Your Mind, I knew that I had to incorporate Transform Pebbles into Mountains in some way into the book. Um, And it does play a significant role in one of the chapters. I believe it's... uh, I want to say it's Chapter 19, Recognize Opportunities and Take Initiative. And um, we have the book broken up into five sections, and that's part of the control section. So it's helping you gain control in your business and in your life. So it does play a very significant role in that one particular chapter. Absolutely. Uh Uh-huh. Right, right. So, So tell us a little bit more about what we mean by bankroll your mind. It turns out we have an extra few minutes here so let's give our listeners some additional value absolutely so bankroll your mind is it's really our sexy way of saying reprogram your mind for success and when Lawrence and I were developing the concept you know what was it about two and a half years ago like anything we were going through product development well how can we say what it is that we want to say and really build our brand. And we came up with this name and it sucked and we came up with that name and it wasn't no good. And, you know, we came up with all these names and ideas behind the, the, uh, what it was that we wanted to do. Um, eventually bankroll your mind was, we started just saying it in fun, like kind of juicing each other up. And then it just stuck. And we said, you know, this is it. This is what's, this is what's motivating us. And we started saying it to people, and it's really started to catch. And we said, okay, well, this is the brand. So, like I said, bankroll your mind is, is our way of saying reprogram your mind for success. And it's, it's more than mindset. It's having the mindset of that champion doing the actions. It's also doing the actions every single day to build your business, to create that life fulfillment, to live a life of purpose and prosperity and joyful abundance. And what is it that you need to do to create the life that you want? And that's bankroll your mind. It's it's to do it every single day to create awesomeness in, in all areas of your life. There's something we've been uh, touching on as we've gone through our conversation here of uh, And I just want to ask this question point blank. Do you think that entrepreneurs are crazy in the mind a little bit? (laughs) We have to be because who in their right mind would do the things that we do? Who in their right mind would wake up before the crack of dawn to go to work and to stay well beyond midnight, burning the midnight oil, to travel here and travel there? I mean – Sometimes you don't even know what's going to happen with uh, launching a new product. Um, You don't know what's going to happen with your clients every day. You're not guaranteed a paycheck like as if you clocked into a nine-to-five. You've got to listen to the advice 
bunny ears moment of your friends and family members telling you, <laughs> don't do it that way. Why are you doing that? Why are you, why am I listening to you? You're not doing it. You know, I'm not going to take advice from you. You're not, you're not doing this, you know? Um, like if like a baseball player, professional baseball player taking advice from me. I don't play baseball. Don't listen to me. Um, right. Of course we're crazy. Of course we're crazy. Uh, but I think the, we're, we're cut from a special cloth, and we're the ones that are going to keep going two, three, seven years, only getting those small results, like you said, because we're, we're going to be able to live the way that no other people can live at a certain point in time. And hopefully it doesn't take seven years, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, we just have to keep on going. This is what, this is what drives us and we're going to keep on doing it no matter what they say, (laughs) no matter what they say. Yeah. uh, This first occurred to me. I was about, I was about three years after I'd uh, become a full-time entrepreneur and a friend of mine uh, who also has been very lucky in his life to have never had to punch a time clock in his life because he's had the ability to make money from his passions. And he said, he said, just said out of the blue, you know, you pretty much do whatever you want from what I see. And I looked at it and I'm thinking, yeah, my business is really just getting started here. I haven't made my first million dollars yet, but compared to the average person, I really do kind of do what I want here. I'm hanging out with this guy in his living room at uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning, uh, consuming intellectual junk food on TV, waiting uh, to head out to lunch, and uh, other people are uh, just getting back from their mandated 15-minute break uh, to return to their cubicles and sit in the upright position and make sure to answer their phone on the second ring. So, yeah, compared to them, I'm certainly uh, <laughs> doing what I want. <laughs> that's, that's, that's certainly true. Uh, you also made an allusion earlier in this, and uh, since we have a little bit of extra time, I want to explore this because so many entrepreneurs deal with this. Uh, you referred to the idea of entrepreneurs uh, ending up losing friends. Uh, you know, if you, you know, you know, as much detail as you want to, has that happened to you? Oh yeah, I lost a lot of friendships. Um, some of them was kind of my choosing because they were relationships that no longer served me. And again, this is not. Not, not, not to say someone's better or someone's worse. It's just to say that this no longer serves me. It it would be the same thing. A simple equation would be, you know, someone who eats junk food every day and then one day says, I don't want to eat this food anymore. I want to go on a diet. It's not to say that that's bad for you or whatever. Maybe that was a bad analogy, but you know what I'm saying? Um, Oh, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Um. I made the conscious decision to only surround myself with people who were going to push me to make me better, to make me grow as a person and as a professional. And if I was friends with someone for 5, 10, 15 years, and it just we weren't clicking anymore, it's, it's okay to just shake hands and kind of part ways. You know, you can still wave to them from across the street. You can still call them on their birthday, whatever have you. But right you need to do what's best for you and I needed to do what's best for me. And that goes in all areas of life, whether it's leaving that job that you've been at for 10 years 
because you just want to get your retirement or, you know, exiting a relationship, a failing relationship, or moving from one state across the country. You need to do what's best yeah. for you. And and to go back to your question, to your original question, Adam, absolutely. I've my phone list has certainly decreased. My <laughs> Facebook friends have certainly minimized. Um yeah. I don't you know, that it, it is what it is, but it, it it's okay because why would I want to surround myself with people that I no longer connect with? Why would I want to yeah. eat that same food that's not tasty anymore? Why would I want to live in that same environment that just doesn't excite me anymore? Yeah, and, you know, I brought this up because, you know, we're talking about collecting pebbles, and sometimes you also have to sweep away a few pebbles because if you walk around with them in your shoe, they can certainly cripple you. And um, and I and when I became an entrepreneur, one of the first pieces of advice I was given is to take a minute right now and take a snapshot of the places I hang out and the people I hang out with and just memorize that snapshot and then give them a call in one year. So he actually had me set an appointment in my calendar to call him in exactly one year. And the very first question is, oh, so I see you remembered to call. Uh, so who are you hanging out with these days? Like, mm-hmm. I, I got it. And we went through the exercise, and we found out that I had ended up hanging out with a whole different group of people. Then he asked the question of, uh, did you end up telling a lot of people you didn't want to hang out with them anymore? And I looked at it, and I said, no, I didn't say that to anybody at all. It's just that my natural energy gravitated towards people who supported my entrepreneurial aspirations and away from those that provided an energy that countered that. There was no come to Jesus moment of, I can't deal with your negativity anymore, so I'm not going to come over and watch the game with you and, 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 and grow up. It, that didn't happen. And nobody said that to right. me either. No one said anything to me about, you know, ever since you became this hotshot entrepreneur, you haven't been hanging out with me anymore. No one said that to me. Kind of funny, right? I, I did have, I did it, it have one, yeah, I did have one extreme outlier incident. Uh, there was this place I'd hung out at for years, and Rich, I think you know we were talking about advice. You know, there's, you know, whenever you start a business, there's always that guy who was self-employed for three months, and he's going to tell you something about business. You know, never mind all those, yep. you know, never, you know, never mind, you know, Les Brown and Tony Robbins. This guy who was self-employed for three months is going to tell you about business. Mm-hmm. Well, I had one of those, and uh, apparently he had challenges dealing with the frustrations in his own life. And so one day he got drunk and decided that uh, I personally was conspiring with his boss to persecute him in his job. And uh, he got on this rage tangent and tried to strangle me in public. And I didn't hang out there. I didn't hang out there much anymore. Uh, the reason being is uh, not because he did it, because the guy's just you know, he's just a freaking lunatic. And I hope he's listening and he knows I'm talking about him because, you know, he never made any effort to make to, to make it up to me or to apologize or anything like that. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, and then, then that's real talk, Rich. That's real talk. Uh, but what I saw from the environment in that place where I hung out is that his actions were condoned by the other people. Mm-hmm. He said, the hell if I'm coming back here. But there was no big announcement of, 
you guys all suck and I got better things to do, I just stop going. Right. And and I think that's, that, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a good piece of advice. Outlier I brought, yeah, that's such an extreme outlier. I brought it up because it's an extreme outlier. Go ahead. Hmm. No, I was I was gonna um, continue along with what we're what, what you were saying is that it doesn't have to be like you said this big real world overly dramatic moment for you know the real world on MTV or your latest talk show and you know explosions going off and things. It's just hey, just walk away, just. Shake hands, walk away, and just live your, continue to live your life. It, you know, I think people that, yeah, like you said, it, it has to be this crazy, overly dramatic tears and tissues, and people are crying and yelling at each other and screaming. No, just be an adult, walk away, and do and do you live your purpose. Continue to walk your path. Yeah, there's a lot of people I say happy birthday to that I don't say anything else to, and I think we all have that. It's not that they're not. It's not that they're not our friends, and it's not that if they ever came to us with a problem or needing help, that we wouldn't help them because we would. And it's not like if we ever came to them needing something that they wouldn't give it because they would. But uh, the day-to-day stuff just isn't in alignment anymore. So there's no need to. Uh, drag it out or, or fake anything. Just go where your energy belongs. The whole thing about uh, you being the average of the five people you hang out with or whatever you want to do or whatever you want to say, just think of the people you hang out with as being some of those pebbles in the mountain. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get sure. buried alive by your pebbles, man. <laughs> do not want to do that. No, you don't. No, you don't. So we're getting near the top of the hour here, and we've uh, gone through uh, – couple different topics that were above and beyond what we originally planned. Um, So here's uh, something I want to ask you, bearing in mind, uh, start collecting pebbles now, get buried alive from mental defeat. Let's say somebody already is mentally defeated. Uh, They have gone through so many things in their business that have all crashed and burned. Their flagship clients pulled out. Uh, They went, uh, they found themselves in a place where they have to ration their meals uh, or they're eating one meal a day or they're not even going out to the bookstore to, to, to scan the books in the bookstore because they can't afford the obligatory cup of coffee in exchange for taking up space for two hours and leaving through the books. What do you say to mm-hmm. a person that's already been mentally defeated or feels that they have? The the first step in my programs is recognizing the fact that you're the you're the number one person in your life. You need to get total clarity on what you want, and it comes with just being honest with yourself. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past. Use it as a learning experience. We've all been through crap. We've all been dealt a bad hand. We've all had blows. Just accept it and ask yourself truly and honestly, what is it that I want? And be willing to get the get the answer, and then make the necessary changes. So if you've gone through the ringer, if you've you know bankrupt or broken up with relationships, whatever it is, determine what it is that you want right now. Get total clarity on it. Be totally honest with yourself, and then be willing to put in the work to make those changes to make it a better existence from this time forward, moving forward into the life that you're going to create. 
Do you think there might be some shame associated with that? Um, folks uh, so afraid that others might find out that they have, you know, they find themselves feeling mentally defeated. They're afraid, uh, so afraid of the world finding out that they won't even admit it to themselves. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, definitely. I mean, we're we're so bogged down by what other people think. Well, I I can't tell them that I've failed because what are they going to think of me? And I will, I don't know if I can say it, so I won't say it, um, but I'll paraphrase Gary V when he says, uh-huh. F him. You, you know what I'm talking about. And I was like, oh, 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 you awesome. mean when Gainer, oh, you mean when Gainer, Gary Vaynerchuk said, fuck him. Is that, is that what you mean? Oh, I wasn't <laughs> sure if I was allowed to curse on the radio. I wasn't sure about the, the FCCs and the this letters and those letters and every, all these other letters that yeah, are monstering. Yeah, 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 Rich, fuck them too, okay? So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and I, it, I think if more people held that mentality of I don't give a shit what they, what they say about me, what I, they think about me, I'm just going to do me, fuck. and then like Gary V said, now that I know that I can say it. Get one in, man. Get one in. There you go. Now you've done it. Um, I think, I think right? part of the shame is, I think part of the shame is, uh, you know, just, you know, we're near the top here. Just a very brief personal story of my own is uh, several years ago, I went through uh, a fairly awful breakup. I hate to say that I've had a few awful breakups in my life. And, um, you know, even if we're good people, sometimes we get in situations that aren't exactly our finest hour. And you're so afraid mm-hmm. that people are going to find out that uh, you were imperfect or that uh, or that you uh, may have said something that would make you look like a mean person or something like that. And so you're afraid, you're so afraid to confide in others that you won't even confide in yourself. So I took a mm-hmm. chance this one time and I thought, you know what? I should probably let my top clients know that I'm going through a little something here. Uh, I mean, the practical reason I thought, as I thought she was three-fourths unhinged and was going to come tell them stuff about me that wasn't true or something like that. And uh, in every single case, you know what they said to me? They said, hey, welcome to the club, pal. About time. So the fact is, that thing that has you mentally defeated, chances are everybody's gone through the same thing or worse, is my thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, so we have, yeah, so we are right at the top of the hour here. We have 90 seconds left, and I want to give 30 of those seconds to you uh, to tell me more or tell our listeners more about uh, what they can do to move forward with you. Just visit our website, bankrollyourmind.com. We've got some really cool video series up there for you that you can you can start receiving and get mentoring from myself and from my partner Lawrence, um, and we're ready. To, we're ready to help. So contact us. Go to our website, bankrollyourmind.com, and connect with us. And Great. Adam, I truly appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. It's been an yep. awesome interview. Oh yeah, and you likewise. This is one of those ones where we ended up going off the script a little bit, and those were always fun. <laughs> so uh, Rich Perry, bankroll your mind, and. Uh, Thank you for sharing with us today about collecting pebbles now so we don't get buried alive from mental defeat. It's been an honor and an education. Thank you. You bet. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business 
Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.